Welcome to episode 21 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Today we're going to be defining some terms. We've had some requests around, what really are you talking about? So we're going to get clear <laughs> about that and uh, make sure we're all on the same page so we're all doing the work together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that it's easy for us to get into sort of a rhythm because we've done the work so long together. And there are people we know that are listening that have done the work for a really long time. Um, So it's kind of easy to slip into saying certain things and forget that there are people who are brand new at this and going, um, oh, sure, (laughs) you know, and this shouldn't make you feel dumb. So at any point, if there's a time where you're like, "Uh, what are you talking about? Please let us know. And we're we're happy to to return to, you know, the square one and, and figure out what it is we can help you out with. But so I'm going to do it sort of, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to throw a couple of them out there um, just even to start with. When we think about sure. the work, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's I mean, just from where we start from, doing the work. What is the work? Well, that's interesting. And, you know, we've had this conversation, and I think we talked about at the beginning, um, that almost every personal development um, system when people are in it, they start calling it the work. Because I didn't start calling this the work. <laughs> um, <laughs> You all did, um, and I got a little paranoid about it because Byron Katie's work, she she dubs the work. Um, however, uh, you know, anybody, like when I was in AA, people call that the work. Um, when I did Landmark, people call that the work. Um, and so, you know, it's like pretty much when people are saturated in a personal development program, they call it the work. And it's a, the idea is you got to do the work. And so what that means for me is... You know, I remember a very distinct, and I have a video on this, where I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were really having trouble with managing their self-talk, and they were a little depressed, and they, I mean, there's all this stuff was going on, and I was like, okay, so tell me what you're doing about it. Like, are you meditating? No. Are you working <laughs> out? No. And this person is highly sugar sensitive, like I am, so I was like, are you off sugar? No. So it's like, so... So then I said, do you know that you need to do all those things? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you got to do the work. <laughs> like, you can't. I mean, as a human being, you cannot expect that you will do nothing and you will feel happy all the time. Because if you just go about your daily life and let life happen to you, it, you're not going to be a happy person. <laughs> I mean, you can be. I mean, if you're somebody who's got a really positive attitude and you just let things roll off of you, that's great. But most of us are wired that there's a little maintenance in here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to keep us happy. That's doing the work. So whatever the work is for you that has you, you know, whatever it is, your regular things that you need to do to keep yourself tuned in. And, you know, then on top of that, I would say, assert that doing this work is about leaning inside and looking at, you know, my work specifically, like paying attention to what you're speaking and, you know, finding something else to say if you're constantly saying something that isn't what you want to affirm, you know, and but having that what you say jive with your belief system, you know, the whole all the things we talk about in the book, that's doing the work. But when but when we talk about you got to do the work, it's like you got to stay in the game, you got to stay conscious because the minute you disconnect from this, you'll go unconscious and you'll find yourself back in your old ruts doing all that same old stuff you used to do. Yep. And you got to keep flexing your muscle. It's same as like you got to keep going to the gym. You can't just like go to the gym for a month and then stop going to the gym for six months and expect that you're going to maintain muscle. <laughs> well, just why not? not? Come you're on. Not. There's not a magic <laughs> happy pill. Right. 
Not going to happen. So that's just Wouldn't what this is nice? about. Wouldn't it be It's about nice? constantly flexing your muscle and practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. And we none of us are ever going to get done. I love that. I think that that's something, too, that, like, was a hard thing for me when I first started it. And why I like, the like, using the term work because um, it really does put it in a specific place for me that it is – a job. I mean, it is part of my daily work. It's part of the things that I do to function on a daily basis. Yeah. If I think of it in a more of a woo-woo type of way, where it's just kind of this stuff that's happening in the world around me, then I, 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 I'm not active in it. Right. Um, it's the yeah. same thing, you know, when people tell me, they're like, so how did you lose all the weight? And I say to them, I ate better and I exercised (laughs) (laughs) and they all look at me with this like sad dejected look on their face like oh yeah (laughs) oh you actually did it it didn't you didn't have some miracle bullet that like made you lose the weight exactly I was like I wish that I could say that there was like this magic fairy that I found or whatever granted me three wishes or whatever but no it's doing the work you know you just got to do it. And we know what the work is, I think, but it's just like when we don't, when we, and we can really easily, like you said, slide out of that and be like, oh no, I'm not doing any of those things and be like, oh, okay. And it puts the, you know, onus back on us. Like you you have to do it. Nobody else can do it for you. Yeah. And so, yeah. So the work, so we're doing the work. And so we are leaning in to the work inside sorry (laughs) leaning inside and so let's talk about that because leaning and i know that we've sort of talked about it share with you from that as a matter of fact oh i love it brought a quote because it has nothing to do you know one of the things i love that i talk about all the time is how powerful for me it is when i start talking about something and then i get like validation from other sources Mm -hmm. and um, you know, there's validation all over the place for leaning inside. Um, but this particular, I'm reading, and, and I think that it was the last podcast when we were talking about the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm reading that book right now, and there's a quote. And just to give you some background, this is a guy who is an addict, right, a uh, heroin addict, who dies and then starts talking to his sister. And the way she experiences it is like we experience a dream. Like when you have a vivid dream and you think, oh, I'll remember that. And then you, one second later, you can't remember anything. Right. Oh, right? totally. That's, that's how this is coming to her. So she has to write down everything. If she doesn't write it down, she won't remember it because it's like coming like that. Uh-huh. So this is her brother talking. And at, at this point in the book, they've been talking a lot. So there's a lot that's happening. But um, this is after he's been gone a while and, he, and uh, this is what he says. And he, he's talking to his sister. So he says, remember this, my darling. Remember this. What you achieve on earth is only a small part of the deal. If there's a secret I could whisper and that you could keep, it would be that it's all inside you already. Every single thing you need. Earth is just a stopover, a kind of game. Make it a star game. If I could give you a gift, it would be to teach you how to stay free inside that game, to find the glory inside yourself, behind the roles and the drama, so that you can dance the dance of the game of life with a little more rhythm, a little more abandon, and a little more shaking those hips. Oh, my God. 
right? I love so, it. And it's you. It's your everything you need is already inside of you. Everything you need is already inside of you. And then that's what leaning inside is for me is having people get that there's nothing out there that they're going to find that's going to have them there's again there's no magic bullet there's no yeah <laughs> there's no yeah. nothing there's nothing out there no nope. that you need everything you have is inside you and there's something in the way of you tapping into that and that's that's where we go to work right we go looking for what's in the way of having us really have access to loving ourselves incredibly and knowing ourselves as powerful because i honestly believe and my belief system jives with this book that when we die, we get that, and when we're before we're born, we know that, and when we're born, we just kind of forget, and that's part of the part of the game mm-hmm. of being human. Yeah, yeah. You no, know? and so I find. Do you think we forget, or do you think we are sort of trained out of it? I think we forget. I mean, I don't know. Actually, we might be trained out of it, but we're so busy trying to figure out how to function as humans because we we have to learn to talk. the ways of human you know like all that stuff that we're just so busy focused on that that then that it becomes something we're not present to right humans don't function that way right so yeah yeah, i don't know i mean it's all story fuck i don't know we were making it all up yeah (laughs) well we're making all this shit up we're making it up so we don't know what i do know is that when i lean inside whenever i focus on that I have all that I need inside me and that that's connect my in that my being is connected out there just like we talked about with spirituality everything flows for me like I you know I don't have any fear right like in right my, so that's what leading inside is about it's about learning to connect in connect up with your inner being rather than looking for something outside of you and see when I first started working with you the seminar was called um, the oxygen Serious. Serious. And so the, the, the thought behind that was the whole idea of, you know, when you're in the airplane and they say to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you would help, you know, your loved ones. Um, and so for me, I had a really hard time. I know this sounds crazy, but I sort of had a hard time wrapping my head around that mm-hmm. because my first thought was, I know that's what you're supposed to do. But as like a mom, if it was my kid sitting next to me, you know, or, you know, I, I can't imagine that that was what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But then when it was talking about it from the perspective of like everything that you, you know, have is already inside of you, that to me just like opened up things in such a big way. Because I was like, okay, that makes that makes sense to me. It's not about the it's not about like there, there was a selfishness to the whole oxygen me- metaphor to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just didn't settle as well with me. And so I guess that's where we go with this, you know, with language and why language is so important and why we're talking about these things today and why we've talked about spirituality and all of these different things we've dug in is that, you know, look at it from that, looking at it from that perspective is being, take time. If something doesn't sit right with you in the lean inside methodology thought process, if that, I mean, if that lean inside doesn't speak to you, there's other ways of thinking about it that you might feel more connected to. Mm-hmm. The, the important part is what we're talking about is right. that everything you need is inside of you. Exactly. And that there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, I think that's when a, the other thing about leaning inside and really getting it is that there's also there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to, you know, there's right. nothing to change about you. You will change. You will change because you will grow. <laughs> and when we grow, we change. You know, 
we end up hanging out with different people. We end up, you know, being different people. I mean, you know, we change and we grow, but it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because you're evolving and you have different interests. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the other one that I love, and I don't know, I think we've said it a couple of times on here, but it's one of my favorite sayings that keeps me very motivated is that the universe abhors a vacuum. Mm. Hmm. That actually comes from uh, Aristotle said that nature abhors a vacuum. Um, and that that is the idea that in nature, <clears throat> anywhere you look, anytime that there's a hole, the universe will come and fill it up. I mean, nature will come and fill it up. So if you have a, anybody in the Midwest, for example, who has a lawn, if you <laughs> take a you know, you, you pull up the grass in one spot, it won't take long before the grass has grown over and it will just grow over because that's yep. what nature does. So nature abhors a vacuum. Anytime it sees an opportunity to fill in, it fills in. Well, that's a universal principle that is true, um, that it, just anywhere, really. So anytime that there's space made in your life, you have to make space. One of the ways to, to use that principle in terms of success is to note that if you want something, make space in your life for it. Mm-hmm. And if you want something and there's no space in your life for it, you probably won't get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that can mean like... Anything. <laughs> mental. It can mean physical. I mean, I think that like... That was such a huge thing was thinking about it from the perspective of like, if I want, you know, I don't even like I want to increase my how much money I make. If I have a bunch of junk that's running around around my bills and they're all over the place and like I am just, you know, or I'm stuffing them all in this giant box and I'm not paying attention to it, and whatever, like, the universe is saying, okay, that spot's full. Yeah, I mean, you can look at it like that. There's two principles working there. I mean, because there's the universe that pours a vacuum or nature pours a vacuum, which is like make space for stuff, and whatever you make space for will come in. And then there's also the idea around just having integrity around your finances and where are you out of integrity and if you're out of integrity it doesn't align up with attracting more you know what I mean it's like you're that out of integrity is almost like resisting what you really want so the but so the vacuum can be the thing it's if you open up the space for it I think it goes back to the idea that you the open hands Mm -hmm. yeah exactly right um I don't know Right. We talked and, about I mean, this early, early. The thing early, is, yeah. it's common sense. Anybody in the, I mean, anybody that we could pull off the street, we could say, tell us a time in your life when you've like cleaned out a space and the next thing you know, it was filled up again. <laughs> yeah. You know, my t-shirt drawer seems to be magic because every time I <laughs> empty my damn t-shirt drawer within three weeks, it's full again. Like, I don't yeah. know how that happens, but it just, yeah. people just start giving me t-shirts. Yeah. It's weird, but it happens, you know. It's so true. And it's like, what do you fill, but what are you filling it back up right. with? And that's is the it thing, stuff? becoming conscious has us start to be conscious of our space and conscious of what we're creating and what we have a space for and what we won't and what, you know. And that's where you're talking about, which you can blend the two of them together around like friends, you know, like how much room do I have for negative people in my life? None. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> like that, you know, you know, things like that. Like, you know, you make space for 
and that's that just always happens, even in friendships. You, I mean, many of us have experienced that. We have a friend kind of leave, and then we have a new one come in. It's yeah. weird, but it's this principle that is. Uh, it just seems to be a, a universal truth that nature abhors a vacuum, and so we work with that principle to create spaces on purpose, so that the universe comes in and fills them up. Which I love. So that goes back to integrity. Also, we mentioned integrity in there. So that's a big fat word that we've talked a lot about big recently. Fat word. <laughs> <laughs> integrity is a big fat word. It Definitely. is a big fat word. Uh, but when we're thinking about what is it, I mean, how, how can somebody say like, I'm in integrity or I'm out of integrity? Oh God, a million ways. And that's the thing that I love about integrity. First of all, in my coaching school, this is something that in, in coaching schools, integrity and personal foundation work is where every coach, I mean, every, you got to start there because that's just, that's where we all start out. We start to learn about how important it is to have integrity in our lives. Um, and uh, one of the things I love about my coaching school is we say at Coach U that everyone defines their own integrity. Mm. And that's what's important to keep in mind when you're coaching okay. people. Because my integrity is not the same. My in- my being in integrity is not the same as your being in integrity. Interesting. Right? Okay, yeah. Right. Now, so we're separating integrity from, like, morals? Oh, yeah. No, there's no nothing moralistic about it. Because, like, you know, like, it used to be an integrity for me to just work out one time a week. Right? Because I was right. progressing, not, gotcha. you know, progress, not perfection. Now, if I only work out one time a week, I'm not really in integrity. I mean, it's like I, I generally want to work out two to three times a week. It's just where I am on my level. That's the level I'm at right now with my right. integrity. Um, but that's in integrity for me. But we can go everything from – on integrity, we can take everything from doing what you say you're going to do when you're going to say it, do it, paying your bills on time – like be in integrity with your food, with your eating, with how you choose to live your life, with your values. Everything from that out to – we could extrapolate it out to being the person in the world that you say you're going to be. You know I mean? We could go nuts with integrity, <laughs> which yeah. is why everybody has to define their own integrity. Like I can't tell you you're out of integrity. But what I can tell you is that when you are, you will feel crappy. <laughs> and anytime that you feel crappy, I invite you to look, where am I out of integrity? Because usually it's just as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, it's powerful. Yeah, that's why I said it was a big fat word because yeah, there's those times too. so powerful because there's days where you're just like, I could just feel crappy and I'll be like, oh, where am I out of integrity? Oh, well, you know what? I remember that I, I – even stuff like I said, one of the things that I can get for myself right now, for example, is I said at some point that I was going to be uh, booked – every month to speak like a year and a half ago or something. And I'm not mm-hmm. right. And so I had a, had a time over the summer. I was like feeling crappy. And it was like, that's the out integrity right there. Even though I, you know, continue to work on that. I didn't fulfill that expectation for myself. So I have to declare right. for myself. Yeah, I guess what? I'm didn't do that. <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> Clearly I'm not doing, not making myself wrong for it, but like I yeah. can really get, well, you can get wound up about your own integrity. If you, especially if you give your word to something and you don't even, you know, like it's, it can sneak up on you is my point. But bare level of integrity, we're talking about like what's in integrity for you as a human being to feel good about yourself and to live your own truth and own values. Right. You know. And 
And how can you do that again? So, okay, you just mentioned another one that I think was good, like the beating yourself up about Mm -hmm. it. That's a a hard one, I think, that people are like, well, if I'm not doing, if I'm out of integrity, how am I not? Like, I've got to beat myself up about it because then how am I supposed to get back in integrity? (laughs) Well, that's when all you have to do is forgive yourself, declare it, declare that you're not going to do it, and then start over. It's really that simple. Because see, what for me, there's no integrity in beating the hell out of myself because then that gets me out of being responsible for it. As long as I'm getting beat up, I don't have to be accountable. I get to be uh-huh. Right. We love that. So we love that. Uh, Isn't uh, it fun? Big time. Around <laughs> in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I have to be accountable. I mean, you know me, I'm going to say I created all of it. So in your example, what do you do then? So you're, you're not booked to speak every month. So I declare, well, I didn't do that. So I forgive myself. And then I start looking at, is that still a goal that I want to have? Or is that not? Right. If it is then I start putting in, you know, and for me, what I do and a lot of most humans are sneaky like this. We don't tell anybody. Right? We right. just feel like crap yeah. and beat ourselves up about it on. The slide, uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm going to be back in integrity, then it really is about me talking to my coach, making a commitment to my coach to do certain things or, you know, like and, you know, she and I are working on that. That's, a, you know, that's something that I'm I'm taking on newly, but it's not. But if I but I, but there is no integrity in me keeping that secret and not telling my coach and not you know just being like yeah yeah whatever I didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a thing just I was thinking I about. Once I said it out loud. But I think that that goes back to the idea too, though, that where maybe being maybe maybe that goal or that thing that you're out of integrity about is more about shooting on yourself versus something right. and I think that you really you look at it where it's where you gotta go right. do I really want this if I don't just declare you don't want it nobody gives a damn you're the only one that's holding you accountable for it nobody else is kicking your own ass over this but you most of the time I mean if you're out of integrity at work you're out of integrity at work then you're gonna be you know your boss is gonna hold you to account for that <laughs> that's different right I'm talking about you being in integrity with your own word and who you say you want to be in the world and you know most of the time when we're feeling crappy that we have an out integrity with that. We're not showing up how we mm-hmm. want to show up. And then it's like, it's and it starts to show up in so many different areas of your life. It's not just that, you know, you're, you are screwing up at work or whatever. You didn't do the, the speaking gigs or whatever. And then you start to build that up. And so then it's like this focus. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I'm not doing right. that. And then again, what you focus on gets bigger. So that's another thing we can, here's another term. Here's like, as we fly through these, they all connect so much. Like, so, you know, if I'm out of integrity about something and I beat myself up over it, then that's all what I'm focused on is what I'm me being out of. Right. And then what you start to focus on is what's not working. Right. And then when you, what we always focus on always gets bigger and expands. So then what we're focusing on constantly is what's not working. And then what's in our brain is not working. You know, like what we're thinking about is what's not working. Our energy is going towards what not work. What's not working. That continues to get bigger. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, that's the story. I mean, and that's the, that's the shift that every single person listening and every person that does this work starts to get. When you can ask yourself this question, where's my focus, where am I at integrity? Those questions are designed to have you go, okay, this is not a big deal. I can figure this out. Like, where's my focus? What have I been speaking? What have I been thinking? That'll tell you where your focus is. Just listen for a second. 
you know? Yeah. And most yeah. of the time, or I would say 98.9% of the time, because um, every, every once in a while there's a 1% of the time that it's somewhere else that I can't see for somebody. <laughs> but 98.9% of the time, the focus is on what you don't want. Then you're yeah. miserable because that's what you keep getting. Um, I was talking to uh, a client, friend, mutual friend of ours the other day, and um, one of the things that we do in the marketing world is we get clear about what who you want to attract. Like what clients do you actually want? And people have a really hard time with it because they're so afraid if they narrow their focus that they're going to miss out on money or they're going to, you know, especially when you're a small business owner, it can be really terrifying to think, okay, if I only focus in on, you know, female entrepreneurs who are in the beauty industry, that I, there's not going to be enough people out there to do this with. And then I'm not going to, so I need to be able, I'll accept that dude that is in finance, you know, whatever. Um, And so we were talking about that and you could see the sort of panic come across her face like, ah, you know, that's just a hard thing to do because I'm still growing and I, and I want to grow my business. I was like, but how do you want to grow your business? Like you don't, you want it to be as you'd hear on like being boss, dreamy, right? You want to work with your dreamy clients. So if you are focused on, you know, if you're so afraid of, of not having the next client, that's your first step that you're focused on not having another client and that fear and that fear is going to make you not have a client walk in the door. But then she said, you know, oh, I know who I don't want. And so she had kind of focused on what she, you know, I know I don't want this type of customer or this type of, you know, client. And so, you know, the next week she came in and she said, guess who every single one of my new clients was this week? And I was like, all the ones you described you didn't want. And she laughed. And I was like, you know, exactly what you focus on gets bigger. And so let's flip it and start thinking so what's the opposite of that even if we can even if you're not ready to get uber focused yet like just flip it yeah. you know just do whatever the opposite yeah. of that start is. focusing on the things that you know you want well if you know what you don't want you do know a little bit about what you want yeah yeah and you just have to be willing to not let that fear level hold hold you back from going right. for it so what you focus on gets bigger we've talked about that at great length i think most people probably understand what we're talking about when we when we talk about that um so on the on the other side of that the ideas around um getting clear about what you want in that process mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's one of those things we talk a lot about, about getting clear. How does one get clear? Because there are so many different, I mean, there's a lot of layers and we baby stepped and we've talked about that, but there's a, you know, what does that mean being clear? If I'm fuzzy, <laughs> what is that doing? You know, well, you you're just what I'm not, saying? I mean, if you think of it like a uh, radio dial, like you've got static on the line, that's just what you're attracting. I mean, that's just, that's how clear your attraction is. Right, so you want to get clear about what you want because you want to be very tuned in to the to the one hundred two point one station or whatever the hell you want to listen. You know, like if you want to listen to one hundred two point one, you don't want your dial over there at ninety eight nine. That's all yeah. there is to it. It's pretty simple. Um, but and should I say, I think that there's a lot of training that you know. I talk about this how I feel like we're mostly trained out of what being people who know what we want, and so someone who has spent 
like I just talked to somebody the other day who's 53 years old and I think she's probably spent a lot of her lifetime not being clear about what she wants or not being willing to say it. Because I think in mm. my work and working with as many women as I do, I think that is as prevalent as them not knowing what they want. They may know damn good and well what they want, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to say it. And so I think that those that's important is practicing being willing to say it. And then for me, it's about practicing taking steps toward what I want and being willing to be in the fuzzy. Because there is something about mm-hmm. like, if I know I want, you know, I know I want, I don't know, a relationship with somebody or I know I want a particular, like let's say even something silly like a car, like I want a car, then I got to be you know, willing to start looking at cars, <laughs> you know, like I can't just expect that right. I'm going to immediately know what exactly what kind of car I want if I haven't looked at the cars, you know, or if I want to go in a direction of a career, I got to go look at what, what are the options towards that career, you know what I mean? What happens is people get so mm-hmm. freaked out that they don't know what they want that they're not willing to take those first baby steps and then they get scared and freaked out and they shut down. The whole picture becomes right. bigger than the baby right. step. That's why the baby steps are so important. But I think getting clear, what I don't know exactly how people get clear. I mean, for me, it's about knowing what it feels like in my body, for lack of a better word. I mean, like, I just know that that's what I want. And there, there's stuff that I do as somebody who, coming from a, an alcoholic family and being a codependent person in my life um i very much have am a people pleaser and so i've had to train myself to say this is what i want and i'm not gonna and i you know because i can have a history of giving away what i want or giving putting other people ahead of what i want and then being pissed about it um not responsible for it yeah but being pissed about it. Okay, that's what codependency yeah. is oh yeah passive aggressive crap so mm-hmm. i mean that's i think that a lot of it is about wading through all that crap and being willing to practice make mistakes and continue to you know keep flexing your muscle around getting clear about what you want and the clearer the clearer the clearer you get i mean even when i started this i didn't know i wanted to do a podcast you know what i mean like when we started doing lean inside seminars i didn't know i wanted to podcast but the more we do it then the more clear it got you know what we want i think sometimes you just got to take right. steps and, right. and and be willing to fail and you know that's all about getting more and more clear about what you want um, and but being willing to take steps towards ideas of things you think you might want, um, and then being able to see, is that something I really want, or is that yeah? And like letting it go yeah, when I'll, it's I'll like, admit, oh yeah. nope, you know. I think that that's yeah. I think we get we're tra- I think one of the training parts that we have is that we're so trained that it's like we get on a pathway and like you're a failure if you don't complete. Yeah that pathway whatever the the end result is and it goes back to the very beginning of this conversation where we talked about the fact that it's never done you're never not doing the work it's not you don't get to wake up one day and be like oh i i mean maybe the dalai lama or somebody is like figured it all out but even then i doubt it um he's still meditating you know he's still doing those things that keep him focused on whatever so you know i think that when we think about it like like that it's like there's we've been told and we've been trained that like the right. win the is win the is finish the, yeah. line and that's not what this is about so you might go and you might zig and zag and go a bunch of different directions even within the thing that you got clear yeah. 100%, about yeah 
Right, exactly. And, you know, I tell people, check in with your body. Like um, Canfield says this in the, Jack Canfield says this in his book, The Success Principles. Start with small things like practice figuring out what you want for dinner and being willing to say it. And the, I am, I'm the one who's adding the being willing to say it, I think. It's that, you know, he says practice, you know, getting clear about what you want for dinner. And I have people all the time, just check in with yourself. I mean, do you want Chinese or do you not? I mean, it's not that hard. But if you don't, say it. You know, like, don't do what you, whatever you do, don't do what you don't want to do. That's my thing, because I think that's the life-sucking part. When you start doing stuff you don't want to do, I say that sucks the life out of you. It can be as small as going to dinner where you don't want to go to dinner. Yeah, I think that's life-sucking. But what it extrapolates out to is spending time with people you don't want to spend time with and going to church places you don't want to go to church. You know what I mean? Like all those things that's like do what you really want to do, not what you think you should do. And little by little getting clear and clear about what you really want. I think it's very powerful. And I'm still working on that. Like I just had this past week something that I realized about myself, which is another codependent thing. And I just talked about it where it's like I'll think of something I want to do. But the very next thought is, oh, but it's not very conscientious. I should be more conscientious and give that to Jessica instead of me you know what I mean like that and so but then I get pissed <laughs> then pissed later that I did that you know what I mean so it's like oh that's one of those yeah. things that I do you know so I went to go look everywhere in my life where I had done that and there's all over my life like I look back to when I was a little kid and giving away a third of my lemonade stand to a kid who hadn't worked on it all day long because his grandparents asked me to you know like stupid shit like that that I'm just like what was I thinking you know I mean but I would rather not let them down than actually be a stand for myself, right? At, even as a little kid. And so I learned that pretty early on that that got me the kind of attention somehow I needed or wanted. And so it's a habit now. It's something I do in my life. But I, those are the things that's doing the work is constantly looking at, oh, hey, this isn't the most powerful thing in my life. <laughs> What's that about? And how can I transform yeah. it and not do it again like, and what? like start to notice yeah. that I'm doing that, you know? And so I'm always transforming that stuff. It's so fun. That's so interesting that you say it in that way because I had not thought about it as codependent, but you're totally right. I'm very similar. And it's also like being, being the hero, like there'll be times where, you know, it's like, I am really excited about something. And then I'm like, oh, well, I should me, I should give this to, you know, somebody else or, you know, whatever. And it's like, part of it is the feeling that you get when you give it to somebody and they're super excited by it. Yeah. But then you see them not do it the way that you want, <laughs> you want it done or you, you it like it should have been. And you're like, what the fuck? You didn't even like take care of this. Like this, I gave you this amazing <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. They were like, right. Oh, <laughs> they're yeah. like, sure. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you see, if you hear somebody say, Oh, sure. Thanks. Great. When you do something for them, you're like, no, take it back. <laughs> Just be like, Oh, whoops. I, I, yeah. I didn't want to give that to you. You're not excited yeah. about this. I'm excited about it. Um, right. And being okay but with that. Old enough to like not to deal with ever whatever the, sh the what do you call it? The prepaved or the already in there shame of feeling selfish because you want to do it for yourself first. You know what I mean? Or whatever that is that's mm -hmm. wired in there that's like, oh, my God, don't you have anything for yourself? You know, whatever it is, you better take care of everybody else. Whatever right. that is, yeah. that wiring. Um, for me, it's codependency because mm -hmm. I – grew up in an alcoholic home and, you know, took care of an alcoholic and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm very clear that that's real classic. I mean, you can look me up in the dictionary under Al-Anon and that's it. I mean, you can see 
face right there. Uh, so that's pretty <laughs> classic, and I know that, and I can and and it comes in layers. Like you just continue to see the layer upon layer upon layer of you know stuff you deal with, and uh, learn. And I'm learning to undo to get clearer and clearer about what I really want and what I you know yeah. Well, and it's okay to, for me to get stuff for me. You know, like learning to really right. honor myself and you know and doing it because it's yeah, part of it's just it's for no damn good reason other than is. i want to <laughs> imagine that yeah right yeah isn't that nice yeah there's no yeah there's no feeling yeah. behind it other than it just is good it just make yeah and i think that that goes to like feeling it's okay to feel good when you do something positive for somebody else. I think that's another training thing. Like we're taught that you're supposed to just be sort of unself, like, you know, just hand, even if it's like volunteering for something. Like if I go and I volunteer for an organization, it's supposed to be sort of altruistic and there's not supposed to be this good feeling that I have about doing it. Like you're supposed to just do it because that's the right thing to do. And that's how I was raised. Like you just do. And so, and you don't expect anybody to say thank you or you don't, you know, you shouldn't focus on whatever it's about the other people. And I think that there, then that loses its appeal pretty damn quick. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, you know, now, um, I gotta, I gotta do this because it's something that I enjoy and it's something that I get a good feeling out of when I do it. And that's okay. It's okay to be like, that felt really damn good to like go and feed the homeless or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference between like, you know, yeah, doing something for other people and you enjoy or with other people that you enjoy and you still get to experience it versus, I'll just go give that away and not and be a martyr about it. <laughs> oh, yes. The wonderful <laughs> martyr. Across. Oh, that's a vicious cycle. Yeah. So you just used another term, and I'm picking them up as we go a little bit here. You use prepaved or prepaving. Prepaving is a term that we use to essentially set the tone or set the intention ahead of ahead of us so when we're going into a meeting or we're going to be having something come up in the future instead of you know we're always coming from the place that everything is energy and that we're the ones who are creating our own reality with our thoughts words and emotions and so rather than create a reality of fear and concern ahead of us we on purpose prepave it with the intention that we want to fulfill. And so prepaving is intention setting, which a lot of people know about intention setting um, from goal, you know, in basic goal, success, work, mm-hmm. goal setting. We, we, we create an intention. But prepaving is actually thinking of, you know, how is this, what is this, you know, person in front of me going to say and how are they going to feel and how am I going to feel and how am I, like, playing it out in our head and pre-paving it to go the way we want it to go. And what we don't, what we typically do, though, and what we're sort of, I think that is the natural inclination is yeah, to we're already prepave it in a negative way. does it because you feel and fantasize yeah. about all the fear yeah. and all the worry and all that, all that you're prepaving anyway. This is really just being yeah. conscious of doing it on purpose and to do it positively the way you want it. Yeah. Cause everybody's always, and that's why I talk about, you know, in the seminar, I mentioned this envisioning anything you've ever done. You've seen yourself do it. There's nothing you haven't done that you've been successful mm-hmm. at that you haven't or unsuccessful to be honest. <laughs> 
much. All the stuff mm-hmm. you do. Yep. Our human brains have us be thinking about it, envisioning it, and having images of it and thoughts about it well before it happens. And most of us, or if we just go by our default mode, we have the worry or concern there. So that's what the thought is about worry or concern rather than on purpose thinking, no, it's going to go great. <laughs> and, this, and when I come from a yes. place that it's going to go great, then I also ask myself with prepaving, how do I need to be about that? You know, like if I want, if I'm having a meeting with you and my intention is that you're going to leave feeling validated and loved up, then how do I need to be? Why well, I need to be loving? <laughs> you know? If my intention is for you to feel validated and loved up and I come in being a jerk, that's probably a going against my intention. But if I'm prepaving, it gives it begs the question then how am I gonna situate my own being? Like how am I gonna be going into that meeting? What's some of the attributes I want to take with me? With my clients, I have them do things like you know, tell me, how are you going to be with that person? Are you going to be loving and open and kind? Are you going to be generous? Are you going to be brave? Are you going to be confident? Are you going to be, you know, like all of those things. And so I have them choose a few words that they go into meetings with, you know, that they've prepaved with knowing this is how I want to be. And so when somebody comes at me with any negativity, how, you know, how if you're being loving or you're being generous or you're being open or you're being a validating, it lands a lot different than if you're being defensive and snarky. You know, I mean, you want to, you want right. to yourself. Right. And, yeah. You know, that's part <laughs> of the prepaving is to set an intention for your own being is how are you going to, how are you going to show up uh, for that? There are people that are probably out there that are very type A personalities. And I think that this is something that um, in this area that I struggled a little bit with just because, um, you know, being, and, and I, and I think this would be a great question for you to answer. When we prepave and we're thinking of it, you know, in this very positive light, there's also the other flip side of the equation where people will say, well, you also have to be prepared. Like, if you are, you know, if you go and you jump in the car and you decide I'm going to go to on a vacation and I'm just going to go do it, um, and I don't have gas in my car and I don't have money in the bank or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't, I don't have a spare tire and my and I my tire blows like I didn't think about the things that could go wrong so I didn't prepare myself for those things well yeah I mean the physical preparation like making sure you have enough gas in your car and things like that should be all under integrity I mean that's just clearly if you're going to get to Overland Park yeah, I don't think I'm explaining it well it's like the but well, I think what you're saying is you have to be prepared for other people's negativity and what I'm saying is when you locate yourself in being you are prepared when you're, you know, rather than, I don't want to go into a meeting defensive. So if I'm already defensive, prepared for their negativity, then that's not the tone that I want to set. So I want to go into that meeting being acknowledging right. or loving or something, some way to that, that actually makes a connection with that other person. And when I go in with that, no matter what they say, if I'm, unless I'm hijacked, which, you know, we know what to do when we're hijacked, shut it and leave. <laughs> we don't when we're hijacked um, but unless I'm hijacked and somebody says something to me if I'm in a space of being generous and kind and loving it's not I'm, I'm not gonna get defensive I'm gonna be like get curious instead maybe ask a question maybe you know dance inside that conversation with a question um, but my being can mean the difference between somebody else getting defensive you know what I mean like how I show up it's very powerful. So, you know, there's the, and I think this is why I struggled with the this when I was 
working in the financial industry and I am I am a very much a big picture person. Like I love to be able to kind of take a step back and look at it from, you know, whatever, 60 feet up or whatever, that kind of thought process. And then there were the people who were the very intricately detailed people. And so I'd be like, there'd be this great idea. And I'd be like, yeah, let's go do it. This is so awesome. You know, blah, 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 blah. Let's go for it. And they would sit there and they would just start coming up with all the reasons why it wouldn't work. And I was, it would just be so deflated by that. Cause it was like, well, okay, but what about all right. these reasons why it could work? And it was like, no, these, you know, these are, we have to look at these things because of this and security and whatever it might, you know, all of these different things. And so I used to call it like they came from a place of no. And so like that was their, their mentality. You might be able to work them to a place of yes. They had to go through those steps and look at all of the bad things that could happen in order to like get themselves to, okay, well, we've got all these things managed. So maybe yes. Versus like being a person who's like coming from a place of yes, where it's like, yeah, like let's go do it. But then I stump, you know, I would stumble and there'd be things that would come up and I'd be like, oh, didn't see that because I didn't think about it. And then I'd get in trouble because I didn't think about it. Well, that's part of why we're entrepreneurs. We don't want to work with other people. <laughs> I, don't want to work with our, with, I don't want to work with those people. I pretty much get to say yes to myself anytime I come up with, the, come up with an idea. Um, yeah, no, I'm not kidding about that. I mean, I do think that there is a world of having to work with um, people and their ideas and what's work, what they think they've tried everything before and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think prepaving is just a, a powerful tool for you to be able to use in that situation. You also have to manage your, manage unfulfilled expectations. I mean, if people tell you no, you've, you got to sometimes deal with being told no and figure out other ways to go about getting getting what you want created. Um, but I just know that prepaving is a powerful tool to be able to you know, decide how you want it to go and set an intention and then you know, think about the conversations you could have. And I just uh, know a lot of times that really works. Oh, yeah. I agree. I totally agree. I think those conversations changed a lot when I would go in prepared when it wasn't just because again, it goes back to the idea of taking the work and doing some work around it. It wasn't just like, oh, look at my great idea. And then be disappointed when somebody didn't do it. It was, oh, look at my great idea. Okay, you know, I'm going to set some intentions around how people are going to respond to this great idea. And I'm going to go in there with the thought process that they're going to be positive. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to respond to it in a, in a positive manner yeah. and the way that the best way that they can. And those things, you yeah. know. And I think the more you do this kind of work, the more you start to know who you're vibing with and who you're not. And, you know, you start to care less about. Mm-hmm. I do. And maybe it's part of like getting older. I think as we get older, too, we start to care less about trying to convince other people <laughs> of anything, really. yeah no yeah it's like you know the cult of jay you know if um you know if if people aren't into it then they're not into it and 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 i think that it's really easy to be like no i've got to make sure people know there is no such thing as the cult of jay (laughs) she's joking there is no thing at uh, the cult of her Jay. friends call it the cult of jay i'm joking well kind of <laughs> <Friends think laughs> <she's laughs> some of my friends call it the cult of jay 
Yeah. Then they're like, but then they're really kind of. What's so funny about it is (laughs) what. Why are you so happy? So and like, they just yeah. don't understand. Yeah, and like, well, it's the cult of Jay. <laughs> you don't know the secret. Yeah. And, awesome. you know. Mm-hmm. Hijack is when your amygdala fires and floods your right and your left prefrontal cortex out uh, with basically floods your brain uh, with a hormone and that washes out your reasoning brain and your focus brain. So that's when you should not fire off an email to your boss or have that fight with your lover um, because you're probably going to say some pretty awful things. Uh, mouth, check mouth. And what happens is you're being mouth. run by your limbic system. And when you're being run by your limbic system, you just are pretty much no good. You're one just giant nerve ball. And uh, you should just get yourself calmed down before you do anything. And I did not come up with that term. That is a Daniel Goleman term from uh, his book, Emotional Intelligence, or his work in Emotional Intelligence. He coined the term hijack. When that happens, uh, when we get high, our brains get hijacked, basically. Um, so we're not functioning. We're not able to have a positive thought. We're, we ruminate on whatever just happened, the threat. We uh, can't think of other things. We're confused. That kind of stuff happens because you're right in left prefrontal cortex, again, where your focus and reasoning brain is. is mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, whatever stimulus it is. I mean, I got a little hijacked, and this is funny because. What happens when you get a little hijacked, you literally can't remember things. I mean, you get confused easily. And I just got a little hijacked. Being late for me, I'd hate to be late to anything. And I feel like it's not being conscientious of other people's time. And I hate that. And so uh, Saturday, actually, um, Jessica and I had a miscommunication where I was supposed to meet her at 1045. And I thought I was supposed to meet her at 11. I thought I was supposed to meet her at 11. And then we were going to go meet the people that we were going to meet to go sailing. And she thought that I was supposed to meet her at 1045. And we'd meet them at 11. Get you know plenty of cushion in there. So anyway, so I showed up at 11. I'm all happy-go-lucky, like, la-la-la, I'm right on time, you know, no big deal, I'm good. And I have my daughter (laughs) with me, and we'd gone and gotten life jackets, and done all the shopping we were supposed to do, and we got our snacks, and we were feeling good. And I got there, and Jessica's first words to me were like, why are you so late? And I was like, what what do you mean I'm late? You know, like, I was on time. So, you know, and it didn't, it wasn't a big deal. I was just like, you know, I apologized. I immediately texted our friends and apologized for the misunderstanding, and, and we weren't even we got there by 10 after i mean it wasn't lawrence is not that big um but you yeah, know the yeah. point was uh then no. when we got back to the car afterwards i couldn't remember where i did with my keys and 
like I couldn't find my keys anywhere and I couldn't remember what I did with them. Oh, yeah. And it's not a wonder because as soon as she said that, I started grabbing everything out of the car real fast, you know, and like, come on, Rose, let's go, blah, 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 you know, like, let's go. Um, And so in that flurry of, I don't remember what I did with my keys. Now I found my keys. I stopped, said a prayer, then thought, yep, okay, there they are. And I'm a creature of habit, so fortunately they were where I would put them, (laughs) you know, in the van. But my point is you can get a little hijacked (laughs) just – you know, and then come down from it pretty quick, just something like that. Um, now, had I not been somebody who was a trained person, I could have turned that little hijack into a big hijack by arguing with her, <laughs> right? Been like, what do you mean? I, mean, I wasn't late. You told what do you me mean? Exactly. I wasn't late. That would have turned into a big hijack. You told hijack, me 11. And I'd have hijacked her, yeah. and she was already a little high. You know what I mean? Like, that's – and so what I know how to do is go – I'm really sorry. I misunderstood you. I thought it was supposed to be at 1045. I'll text them right away. I'm sure we'll be fine. You know, like, just fix it. Right? Just eat it, own it, fix yeah. it. That's well, how I, right, you know, right. take a breath and yeah. own it, whatever yeah. it is. Um, take a breath. Is how I get over it. that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Or, and um, you can get a little hijacked uh, in a second. That's how fast it'll happen. Um, and it'll cause you not to remember where you put your keys or those kind of things oh, yeah. you just your brain will just go spell for a minute uh, yeah it doesn't have right. to be no, it, like something little like you think like of, hijack, you think of you big know, huge it doesn't the those are, are obviously ones you think you're on time yeah, somebody says why are you or, late and you go yeah what and you're like you know that's a little hijack mm-hmm. yeah and you know that there are also it's also great you know as those triggers become available to you yeah. like as you start to be more conscious about being hijacked you also right. start to see you. those patterns that's why I what know are, that being some of those triggers me. are some are like going to be just random that. that's you know? for me is a yeah very con- very yeah. uh is a trigger for me that i'm very much identify like i know almost any time it's about me being on time yeah. or worried that i'm late then i can get triggered pretty easily mine is um one of my big triggers is somebody like not telling me oh, right. that I, yeah. they're, they're telling me that I remember something wrong, like that I right. or that like no, that's not that's yeah. not what happened, or yeah. or you didn't say it that way, <laughs> right. you know? Um, what the fuck? Yes, I did. Yeah. Who are you to tell me what I like? I remember, and it's yeah, that's a big one for me, and right. and again, you yeah. have those feelings in your body, being really in tune to your yet. body, you start to feel that trigger, yeah. and you're like, oop. Should yeah. we stop there? Yeah. I don't know. We probably have more time, but so, we've also been going almost an hour, so. Yeah. Yeah, we're right here heading up the hour, so um, let me think if there's anything that came up in any of that that I heard that I, we want to cover right now, but I think that we've covered a lot right. um, in progress, not perfection, so yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll progress from here, uh, so we'll get what we got. Um and uh, so if anybody has any ones, any specific words, if there are things that you're like, oh, gosh, they say this all the time and I just don't understand it or just want us to break it down in a different way, feel free to, um, you know, shoot us a message on our Facebook page, Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Uh, remember, that is a private Facebook page. So, you know, feel free to be yourself in there and go in there and talk about things. We want to we want to start that conversation. All right. Thanks. And we'll thanks we'll for being there. there. Awesome. All right. We've got some interviews coming up. That's really exciting. So um, as always, if you have a topic or a person or whatever that you'd like us to talk about, 
let us know. And yes, please uh, leave us a review. All right. Great talking to you. Cool. All right. It was awesome talking to you. Enjoy your week. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life. And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations to focus you in a direction of loving yourself, or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know, and what we know, is that you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us. Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing, uh, sorry, info at jayandbecca.com. And that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview. Maybe you. You can reach us on our Facebook page too, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. So um, that's just facebook.com slash jayandbecca. All right. We'll see you around next time. Bye, Thanks for joining Jay. us.